Yeah, Hong Sung Yu. Yeah, they're working with him, even though they don't like the outside version of him. Yeah, so I I feel like the I feel like the outside version of him is probably putting on an act or something, a facade. But I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Herbal Synergies The Shop. I'm your host, Sinji, and my co-host with me, as always, Herbay. What's up? You know, nothing too much. Making it do what it do, baby. I had all this energy and, you know, nothing too much. Mm. You know I like to be Mr. Cool. I like to be Mr., you know, low-key. Nah, man, you like to be Mr. Opposite. Nah. If Opposite they had a mascot, it'd be you. Would it, though? It would be you. I'm not too sure. Maybe, maybe not. You sit on the opposite end on all my my shit. Motherfucker, are you playing Yu-Gi-Oh? I was not playing Yu-Gi-Oh. So anyways, you got a flavor this week? I do. This one cracks me up. I'm going to go with my boy, Rack. Um, so they were training, and he does his stuff, and it's like, I guess he's supposed to be like a, a rock defender with the shield person. So a man starts eating rocks, and he's like, I can build up more um, <laughs> rocks if I eat rocks. I'm like, what? <laughs> and... And him and Kun, Kun's like, that doesn't make any sense. So you just like, they're arguing back and forth. I'm like, my man, Rack is on a whole new level. <laughs> Eat rocks and t- to build up the rock shield. I'm like, dang. Was that towards the beginning or the end of your read? Uh, towards the end. Fuck me, bro. I was about to say, did it work? <laughs> uh, I don't know yet. We'll see. Damn. Yo, Rack is hilarious. Yeah, I would, I'd love Misa Rack. He's the best one. Fucking hell. Um, I, was, I was like, the boy eating rocks? <laughs> like, like, damn. I would have never thought of that. I guess Kun should eat some ice. <laughs> nah, I don't think he finna do it. Nah, Kun don't care too much. Dope. Daddy don't. And yeah, we'll get more to that later. Well, it ain't gonna be too much later. Yeah, another within the next eight chapters. We don't know. Well, after we finish talking, I suppose. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll learn some stuff. Some stuff will happen. Yeah. My flavor. My bad. Go on. I said excitedness. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 My flavor this week is more of a recommendation. To those of you, my solo leveling fans who um, read the manga and are patiently anticipating the anime, in the time being, for those of you who don't like reading, volumes 1, 2, and 3 of solo leveling are on Audible, and I am currently listening to them. And I like, um, as someone who's read the manhwa, I believe it is, I think that's how you say it, 
uh, multiple times because I just I, I like it. I love it that much. I got Sung Jin Woo tattooed on my arm because I, I like the show that much. And man looks like a badass. Um, I enjoy noticing the little differences between the light novel and the the manhwa. So, it got you know you, you got you got an extra I don't know fifteen bucks every two weeks or so. You can get all three, and I imagine there when I got volume one, it was just volume one, but then volume two and volume three light novels actually came out physical. So I guess the guy actually read it on Audible and came out with that. So I'm assuming the fourth one would come out right around the time the physical copy of the fourth book comes out. So Who listens to books? Um, people who don't like reading them. Mm. No, I, I do Audible all the time. I'm just joking. See, on the opposite end of the spectrum. Nah, not opposite. That was more comedic relief. But yeah, no, I probably finish uh, maybe five, five books a week. But you know, that's me. Did you just say you read five books a week? I said listen. Oh, but Chapters I do read books, books at work. Books a week? Yeah. Nigga, wow, bro. Yeah, I don't really care for watching TV too much sometimes, so I just listen to books. That's a surefire way to put me to sleep. Mm, yeah. I'm currently trying to find some new ones to read, so I haven't do this much, but yeah. On normal, I, file, I finish. Well, I don't I see you one reading every two days. Um, Solo Leveling. Why don't you listen to it? I might. Yeah. I don't. But these books are from the library that are free. No, nah, you have to pay for these. Exactly. Yeah, you have to pay for these. I, it's worth it, though. I, I really enjoy the story. I can't even pay attention. That's how broke I am. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Irving. You know what? Go on t- if I if we had another person on this shit, I'd put you on timeout. Because mm, I've been a bad boy, huh? I'd put you on timeout again. Double timeout. Damn. Oh, my God. But yeah, yeah. You, sh- you should definitely read Total Leveling. Sung Jin Woo is a fucking... Pure definition from zero to hero. I don't even know if you can call him a hero, but it's fucking pathetic to badass, I'd say. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a listen. Maybe I have it at my local library. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's Maybelline. But, just throw uh, the whole episode away. Let's just, let's just end it there. Let's just end this. All right, well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Do the outro. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll... we'll Catch up with you another time? Nah. But, all right, so I guess we'll get into some TOG first. So, Tower God Season 2, Episodes 285 to 292. 285, 292. Looking it up right now. Yeah. So, starts off my boy Rack sensing that Bam was in danger and tells Dorsey to hurry. So Bam and Jihad are exchanging words. Jihad says Bam's interesting because he doesn't um, serve and worship him like he is a king. And Bam asks Jihad, does he know who Arlene Grace is? 
and the look on his face is like, like kind of shock and disbelief. And he's like, ah, and he says, no. And I'm like, stop the kill, because my man is lying. So, so then Rachel finds Ho Quinn and Wang Nan, and she's like, oh, hey. And she, then she's like, oh, I can't explain. How do I explain I'm actually Rachel? And they're like, shut up, be quiet. And watch this, because Yuri Ha is confronting a person. And they go back to watching, and it's a boy that looks just like her, curiously. Then we flash back to Bam, and he questions Jihad on how he can't know her. And Jihad's like, oh, I I don't know that name anymore. And he tells him uh, what, tells Bam what it means for him to become king. And you have that racist people around you, very Sasuke-like. And starting with the, the most distant and hostile until you are alone in the world. I'm like, oh, okay. My man's a modern-day Sasuke. So then they start to skirmish. Jihad stops Bam attack, says his explosive wave was too light, called him light work, said get in the weight room. Jihad hits him with an explosion iron fist. Threads my boy. I'm like, oh, Bam, taking the hits like that. He ain't going to make it too much longer. But, of course, he does because, you know, there's this whole season three and they're on like episode 200 right now. So at least you know he lives that far. Ah, so. So then Jihad talks about Shinshu. And you could, if you learn how to control it, you could control the Shinshu in your opponent's body without the need to touch them. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a new wrinkle. And Dorsey and Rack show up. And Jihad is going to kill Bam and company if he doesn't say who he is. And Idahan senses Jihad to make a move, and he shows up to the other side. I'm like, okay, it's getting real. So Bam tells everyone to flee. Jihad launches an attack. Idahan shows up and deflects it. He calls out Jihad and calls the data fake because he knows the real one is an adventurer, not a king. He's something different. As for... Then he asked for uh, Hansai is the kid he promised. And Idahan tells Arsencio to move everyone. So they move them. But Bam and Khan are frozen watching the two data fight. Jihad and Idahan are fighting. So Idahan brings out this giant lightning spear. And Jihad brings out this giant golden needle. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's cool. I wonder if current Eden Kun feels the same way about current Jihad. Probably not. I feel like they're two separate entities at this point because they essentially have their own two data lives. And it's not like the data's in the cloud where you do something on the outside and it will reflect what's going on in your data world. No, 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 yeah. In the data world, the ver- your, the version you were when you went in there is the version you'll always be. Yeah. So Jihad has clearly changed, according to Eden, but I'm, what I'm wondering is how much did Eden change? Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Because Khan hates him. Yeah. Hates him with the passion for some reason. That has yet to be explained. But yeah, I don't know. That feel like they're they're different. Um, 
what he probably knew he was the outside version might hate him too uh just because he's no longer an adventurer he's trying to be a king so it's possible i'd say yes so hmm. and then so bam and connor they, they start thinking like man these guys are strong now how much stronger are they on the outside and they're not even rankers yet and we find out jihad is holding their companion hostage which you don't know who yet yeah then, so assen- uh, my bad so essentially speaking they were on the same floor when they got to the hidden floor i like around there so I guess it stands within reason to think that Jihad and the ten great family leaders were stronger in their time on that floor than our guys during their time on the fl- current time on the floor. Yeah, way stronger. That could also be by design too, because mm-hmm. you, you you wouldn't want someone to be. Be much stronger than you are, so you. I guess you make the challenges harder than what it is, and you weird out a lot of strong competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, suppose yeah. Supposedly, Jihad just stopped climbing at some point and like ruled himself king. Of like all floors below, and I guess people who follow him are now instructing tests and shit like that. So, it, it makes sense that like the people climbing up now aren't as strong as Jihad and them because, like, Jihad controls how strong people can be, I guess? Yeah. And so, that's what I would say. So, yeah. Uh, Idahan makes a bet with Jihad and tells him he wants to train the black-haired kid strong enough to beat him in a month. And if he loses, he will disappear. If Jihad wins, they would tell him who Bam is. So Jihad is going to kill Wang Nan. Uh, Yuriha speaks to, to the boy. They talk about a mirror fragment. And they go to the, the sword man, the guy that wants to follow Yuriha. He talks about why he wants to follow her. And she apparently cleared the train already, and her mother Data resides in the hidden floor. And she gave him a piece of the mirror. And I apparently you can't since you can't talk about the hidden floor. If you have a piece of the mirror, you can remember stuff about the hidden floor, which is why she she remembers her mother, and why he remembers the story. But then apparently, when he went to go get his piece. He he lost it, and he forgets what they were just talking about. But turns out, I think it was a piece that Rack swallowed when they got blown up. So that's how Rack got to the hidden floor. Some essence of that. I was like, oh, that's a nice little tidbit. And so, yeah, and it turns out that Yuriha is talking to her twin brother, it was actually data and they get to this whole little discussion but apparently it's just a big breeder that borrowed her brother's body and their mother was pregnant when she cleared the train 
and their father was a descendant of the people who betrayed the ten family leaders, thus causing them to be cursed. Uh, they were born hermaphrodites. They had their powers sealed, or they had high cases of their offspring being stillborn. So that was that was their curse. So slowly over time, their species declined. Their father was a half breed, and they 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 were trying to break free of the curse, and so that's why they were going to the floor. But I guess the girls can break free of being born because um, they found out that that she would have born it to, the, to the Ha family, so they were going to let her go because it's a family. But the boys still had to be stillborn. So, yeah, so they, they, they start talking, and I guess one of the pictures kind of looked like it was Arlene. I was like, that's kind of weird looking. They look similar. So... The big breeder in making a proposal to alter the fate of her children. One of them had to be born here in the hidden floor, and the other had to be born on the outside in order to save them. Uh, she gave them a mirror fragment so that they could call anytime to see them. So, Yuraha was born on the outside, and her brother was born on the inside data, and he he's like data essentially. But I think they existed elsewhere. That's the way, like the way they put it was they were going to, I think the brothers still had to die, but at least his data existed somewhere. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, and then Yura grows up and she was uh, chased away from the family because of the curse or they thought something was off about her. And her mother told her to go to the hidden floor eventually. And Yuriha wants to vengeance on the elders. That's why she signed with Fug. And uh, Eight Han Swang stole her uh, brother's data. He's a big breeder. He did it more so like an experiment of sorts. And the data mother knew that it wasn't her son, and she was dismayed, and she asked him to be deleted. So he's like, yeah, I'll delete you. <laughs> and then Jihad contacts him and tells him to grab one of Yuri, grab Yuriha or a companion, and Jihad is going to kill uh, the Kun children while Idahan's away. And they, so they start talking about the mirror at the end, and Bam goes into training, and Idahan tells Asensio to be careful while they look for the mirror at the end. Bam tries to get Kun some alone time with his father, and comes like, nah, I'm cool. I don't like that deadbeat anyway. And apparently the the end of mirror is a mirror to send people back to the outside. But if you're a data person, you get deleted. And Geok shows up for uh the, for Boris group. And Idahan tell talks to Bam and talks about his father. Says he would have uh, picked him to be king of the tower. They talk about uh the personalities between uh, v and Jihad and V wanted to be close to people. Jihad wanted to do away with people. So I was like, huh, that's why Bam wants to, I want to save everybody, even though I'll kill three people just to save this one person. But they saved. So, you know. Mm. So then they start training 
Bam, kind of Idahan, they start training. Uh, he talk he talks about the three the three uh, qualities of of Shinshu uh, and whatnot. You know, manifest control externally, uh, enter quality control, and your affinity, and it makes your power stronger. And Bam's father was known for packing tension into a single, like what his his uh, abilities was. So it's essentially packing power into a single bang. So Asensio starts to fight Giok. Giok then transform. It just seems like their version of condensing, like key. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's kind of like um essentially it's like the lightning pill too. Yeah, or like when they they. Like in Dragon Ball, when they just do a, whole, a big ass bomb and then like make it small and small and small and small. Who else did that? What what else did that? I think One Piece has done it. Um, um, Naruto's done it. The Nine Tails in his own form when he made the 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 Beast Tail bomb and then shrunk it and ate it. Yeah, make the dense chakra. But yeah, so. So then Asensio starts to fight Giaka. This is almost my other flavor. And he transformed. And uh, Asensio is, he says, oh, I was expecting something impressive, but you get just gotten a bit uglier. And I was like, ooh, flaming. Yeah. So, so we find out Giak became a big breeder because he couldn't stand the sight of those spears of the Kun family. And he's been wanting to fight Asensio uh, for a while and Asensio has this flash where he's like oh you've been training our family style and he calls his fighting amateurish and I was like oh not only are you beating him you're saying he's the amateur then he breaks out the legendary flying fish spear style so apparently it's just like it just rides the shinshu in the air and just bends his will and then we find out that he actually created his own faction inside the family. And my question is, why did he do that on the outside? Create his own faction? Huh? I'll read and learn more. Well, we don't know much about the the yeah. current ten family leaders. Yeah. I'm well, learning not, about one of them right now. Well, he's, well, he's not technically a leader. He just created his own faction. So, let's see. So, so then, um, we did find out that Giak learned from from the Kun family, and they have some dialogue. And then this is the funny part was here too. Um, uh, Mashini, she came back and she like obliterates Giak, and. They're, they're talking, Boro, Sachi, and Hockney, and she, she, they're like, oh, she really is She really is an old sister. She's not a little kid. And then he's like, oh, anyone stronger than me is an older sister. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Uh, so so then the sworn enemies assemble again, and, you know, they're plotting an attack. Bam training reminds me of uh, Naruto figuring out his chakra nature. Which he's like, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to form that. So, um, and then so 
Idahan gives Bam a clicker that tells him what he what he needs to do, and it's like his shape and quality. And this is when Bam's like, oh, can my companions train? It seems like a waste for me to get stronger, and they don't have the opportunity. And then so Hang San tells Khan about the mirror at the end, and Rachel is fine. I'm like, oh, this girl's spying on these people. <laughs> the nerve invading their private conversations. So then Rack and Khan get to the training ground, and Bam, shape and sensual quality is an, an orb. Rack is a stone shield. And then Bam's like, oh, maybe Rack's better suited for defense. And Khan is an ice spear. And this part was also funny, because he's like, oh, you must be a descendant from my family line. And Khan's like, oh, no, you think? <laughs> like, they looked exactly the same. So it's like, except Khan's hair is, is uh, shorter. I mean, well, yeah, because he's older. And, like, they go yeah. through periods where, like, they grow their I think I'm sure Khan could grow his hair that long. But it was just like, yeah, uh, I only look just like you, my dumbass. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. And he's like, oh, Ice Spear is an, an extremely rare ability. Um, and Khan's like, oh, he's like, I can never beat my father with a spear anyway. So he's like, oh, well, I'm finna head out. Uh, he's like, yeah, my team already has a spear bearers, so I don't want it to be off balance. And Idahan tells him, oh, you you won't ever beat me if you keep running away. And Khan's like, what good would it do to get stronger? And he, he tells him that you're nothing like what you're on the outside. And it's like, if you ran into yourself on the outside, you'd probably run away yourself. And Bam's like, oh, Khan, no, stay and get stronger. We need to get stronger together. Do it for me. And Khan, Khan relents. He's like, okay, I'll do it. I'm like, oh, man. Khan's a big old softy for Bam. Only for Bam. Yeah, only for Bam. Yeah. Anyone else he probably would have tried to kill. Yeah. So, two days pass. Bam creates an orb. Rack and Khan haven't created anything. Uh, Asensio's group has made it to the mirror and the seed, and Jihad's waiting for them. Jihad tells him to turn around, and Machini somehow frozen. I don't know why she froze up. So then he draws a line and tells her not to cross. And then Machini snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. No comment? Mm. <laughs> I figured you'd say some of my eight mile reference. Mm -mm. But mm, mm -mm. it's your boy Eminem. You're mm. you're you're running out of um <laughs> corny ass chips. Dang. Well. Oh, I can't say I, I can't try. So then they planned to stall long enough for the heroes to get the seed. And Hockney was stunned as well as he tried to see the future. But I guess somehow the tower interfered and did a black area around Jihad, which was, you know, interesting. And they start the attack. Bam's training is going well. He gets a point on how to use the orb. Hansung is talking to Khan and says uh, one of his biggest problems is that pride of his, which I'm inclined to agree. That's why they're not doing so well in their training, because he doesn't want to ask for tips or help. I'm like, you got the Ice Master right there, and you see he's he's apparently nice. If you don't like the outside person, you can at least like the one that he is in this data 
right well, it's now. it's the same thing with um, Han Solo, I think his name is. The, the blondie? The tea guy? The coffee guy? Yeah. Hong Sung Yu? Yeah, they're working with him, even though they don't like the outside version of him. Yeah, so... I, I feel like the... I feel like the outside version of him is probably putting on an act or something. A facade. But I don't know. So, yeah, he says they're not very skilled in, in creating Sinshu and they're incompetent. So, clueless. So then he tells him, tells Kun to stop denying deep down his powers. He's like, and try to naturally go with the powers that he has. And it'll be easier to use Shinshu. And this is my, my part right here. When Rack decides to eat rocks, <laughs> he says he should, he should be able to make a stone shield if he builds up enough rocks inside him. And okay, Kun so tells like, him, the, the thing about Kundo is like, it, it really, it, Pride really is a bitch in these situations because like, I, I hate to like hammer in something, but like, I'm just going to compare this to like solo leveling real quick. And a chapter I just finished listening to where Sung Jin Woo was doing a job assignment quest and like it was like basically a a survival test to see what job he would get. And he was like convinced he would get like an assassin um, job because that's what all his stats pointed to. So, like, when it said, um, the class, I'm not gonna say, just in case you listen, I'm not gonna say what class it did, but, like, when it said what it actually was, you're not gonna listen to it? Nope, go ahead and say it. Wow. Um, okay, so when Necromancer came out as his job assignment, and, like, he put no points towards intelligence, like, magic, because in games, intelligence is usually magic. Mm -hmm. Um... He almost denied it. It was just like, no, I'm, I'm a fighter. But, like, he, he eventually, like, realized, like, oh, I can be both. I can use, I can have an army and I can be a brawler. I don't have to sit in the back line. It's, like, the same thing with Cotton. Like, yeah, you like being the light bearer, but, like, there's tons of situations where you need to fight. Like, why not know how to do that as well? That's what I would do. Well, that's me. Yeah, because he, he did use his spear once when um he had to destroy those box in that test stage. So, so yeah. So, um, so then Bam gets the, got the orb down. He launches his attack. And then the sworn enemy shows up and Machini attacks Jihad with a spear. He catches barehanded, then it explodes. And she's like, oh, I've always wanted to fight you. And then she takes a lightning pill. And while she's fighting him, the team was able to get into the stone underway passage thanks to Sachi's thorns that he used to, like, kind of help with the initial attack on Jihad, but it was more di diversion. And so... Flashback to the fight, Jihad launches an attack and pretty much obliterates Machini. And then the sworn enemies start to fight Bam and company, but they don't fight their own sworn enemies. So Bam ends up fighting uh, Cassie and, and Rack and Khan fight Viol. 
and then, and then Bam launches in a powerful orb attack that I think may have missed uh, the sworn enemy. I was like, oh, did he hit her? Not too sure. I think he just wanted to intimidate her and make her go away, but hey. Um, I, I'm going to ask you something. I'm also asking um, our boy Pete. Do you feel like in Tower of God, we just pick up and drop off random people in the crew? Yeah, that's all like, the time. Like, a lot of the people don't really matter. Like, they, they, they put them in there like they matter, but then, like, they disappear out of nowhere. It's just like, oh, okay. Bye. Yeah. It was nice like seeing they, you. They have a whole bunch of people that, like, have their own side quest, and only when their side quest uh, align with the story do they come back. So, like, I don't even remember his name, but I really like the the um, guy who was using two swords in the very beginning. I forget his name though, because he's like hardly a part of like the current stuff. It's like Hans or something, where he has like that initial. Um. I think didn't he have like an ignition weapon or something? Because he fought the two twins. Um, did he fight the twins? Black hair. Yeah, he had black hair. He was like his yeah. first. His first um, rivalry was with Anak the lizard. Yeah, they yeah. um. And he yeah. talked about like swordsman pride and stuff like that. Yeah, he he was he was last time they was on the train and then they left because they had other. Yeah. Another matter to do, so. But yeah, they come in and come out interchangeable. Keeps yeah. it fresh. Aside from like Kun, Rack, and Bam. That's all you need, baby. It's an ever, ever changing cast. You don't need anything else. Go on. Yeah. No, that's it. That was the end of it. That was the end of it? Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Now, you are in for a fucking show next Next. Oh, I accidentally read ahead then. But that's fine. Um, yeah, you're you're in for quite the next set of chapters. Yeah. But yeah, do you wanna do we have two new shows we started. Um do you wanna start off with time? Love of Kill or Overlord? Whatever you wanna do, big dog. But it's coin. definitely Love of Kill. You told me Love Kill, and it was just like what? Said love of kill. Nah, I, I, I um screenshotted so I wouldn't forget. It said love kill. Well, must have deleted. But yeah, but anyhow, flip a coin, dog. Heads or tails? Heads. Uh, it was tails. Oh, uh, tails. Okay, so which one was tails? I have tails? no idea. I didn't flip a coin. I don't have one handy. Which one is all right? So pick one. For heads in your head, pick one for tails in your head. I'm picking heads, and we'll go with that. Oh, it looks like it's Overlord. Okay, Overlord. Scrolling down. Uh, transition name. I hope I didn't mess up this recording. No, it's still going. Okay. All right, so Overlord. Um, episode one, end and beginning. I actually... Like I said last episode, I watched like four or five episodes of this already. So for me, it was kind of just like a recap. Mm -hmm. Um. So in episode one, 
who we know as Ainz, Mamanga, is in this game that he put a lot of you know we we've so to my gamers out there, you know how how it feels, man. You put all this hours and grind into this game to level up, and you know. Eventually, you got to let it go. Eventually, those hours go to waste. But my man was holding on for dear life, and the servers cut down, and he ended up stuck in the game. Now, before the servers went down, he changed homegirls. Uh, I didn't I didn't write her name down. The only name I have is Ayn so far. Homegirls code to, like, be obsessed with him. And then, like... The server shut down, and, like, he stood in the world, and, like, she was there to serve him, and, like, she was, like, he was, like, can I, um, can I, uh, play with your tits? And she was, like, of course. So, like, he started fondling her boobs, and, like, she's over here damn near, like, dripping wet, and my man's deep in thought, like, why he's able to do this. And as soon as he stops, she's like, "Oh my God, should we just do this here? You want me to take the clothes off? Do you want? Do you want to take the clothes off? Do you want me to leave the clothes on? What do you want to do?" So whoa. Any any anything so far, Irby? Uh nothing too much. Okay, all right, cool. So, really, uh, first episode was you know him exploring his guild and. You know, we, we met the guardians of the floors. You know, there's the twins. There's the guy, the devil-looking guy with the tail. There's the machine. And there's the servant that looks like a strong old man. Um, The horny girl is the leader of the guardians. And then there's the, the vampire who... Albedo. Yeah, also name. gets wet panties from Ainz. Which he didn't change her coding. She's just horny. And I think that was all the Guardians. Then on episode two, you know, he explores the the guild a little better, a little more. And he figures out that he can use magic. He probably already knew this, but he can use magic to change what he's able to do in battle. So he can turn himself into a battle type character rather than just a mage type character it's one of his options you know he has this very 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 rare um what would you call it a staff that him and his guild members put together by defeating like top tier what's up grinded for they grinded for like destiny yeah yeah And they, That's why Pete loves it so much. They put <laughs> they put top tier boss uh, items on it, and like it, it apparently it can like one shot people sometimes. But like I'm I'm sure we'll see it get used more later on. Yeah. And then episode three, I it's in these shows are interesting because like it's either you're either gonna get the slow introduction start and like. I think mine's is going to be kind of like that, too. You're either going to get the slow introduction start, or you're going to get the... You're all in start, but you don't understand what the fuck's going on. Like, right now, I understand what's going on, but, like, it's starting off slow. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. That's probably why I didn't keep watching it. It probably started slow, and I was just like, all right, I'm over it. And then you get to episode three, and then, like, um, it's Battle at Carne Village. And he was gonna, he was just browsing the world through this mirror. And a village was getting attacked, and he wasn't gonna interfere, but then he remembered when his boy saved him from being attacked. He's like, nah, this is what he would do. I'll do it in his legacy. And he saved the village. He had to tell them that he requires payment just to avoid suspicion. And, um... That's pretty much where we are with it. There's a group of knights that showed up to protect the village, but he already did it. And then one of the guys said, hey, there's a group, there's a bigger army showing up. So it's just setting up for next episode's fight. But, you know, pretty early in the show, this guy won our tournament of power. It's He's probably not going to struggle at all. Yeah. Pretty much. I like the Death Knight um, beheaded my rich, uh, rich boy, though. No, not the rich boy. The guy who's just like, hang strong, men. And then he just got his head chopped off. And the guy was the rich guy was just like, I'll pay you 200 gold to save me. 300 gold. And then like a dead knight guy grabbed his foot and he fainted and got stabbed in the gut, which I felt like should have killed him right away. But he was like, don't just stand there and help me. It was like, shouldn't you be dead? <laughs> oh, gut stabs aren't quick, quick deaths. Oh, uh, so. Not quick deaths, but like that thing was four times his size and the sword was bigger than him, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably would have still survived for like a minute or two, even if he got like cleaved in half. You think he'd be talking that normally, though? I mean, his lungs and throat would still work. I suppose. So, yeah. So how are you feeling about it so far? Uh, it's okay. Damn, not Irby's cup of tea. I already can tell. Yeah, not really. That's. I did watch. I remember. I remember. I did watch the first episode, and I was like, eh, not really too much of it for me. So. Eh. So I just stopped watching it. Sorry, Pete. Should have suggested a slice of life. Maybe. <laughs> but no. What about Love of a Kill? How are you liking that one so far? I kind of wish I would have just uh, watched this one on my own. Oh, uh, you want to get through it? it. <laughs> you want to get through <laughs> it. You piece yeah. of shit. I was like, damn, I should have just recommended something else. Man's going to so. have me watching a slice of life so he can speed through a fucking... Nah, I'm gonna keep to it. But no, I it kind of this kind of reminds me of like it's it's kind of like a little bit of uh I'm gonna say it's like I'm not gonna say Assassin's Creed. Well, it pretty much is like that, but modern day. So that's that's kind of why I, I like it. But um, yeah, it's like Assassin's Creed and Splinter Splinter Cell type and kind of reminds me of Hitman. I started playing that game. I was like, oh, this is a fun game. I should have started playing this years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, so, Love a Kill, what's your name? So, it starts off with with uh, a bunch of killing. You know, the, you don't know his name yet, but he gets a chat up by the woman. She's a bounty hunter. They fight and he gets a hold of her. And like pins her down and it's like, oh, what's your name? And she's like, huh? What? 
And he's like, oh, I guess I should be more forward. I'm like flirting with you. And he's like, I don't get to talk to many girls. So he's like, because I'm being haunted. I was like, oh, man, it's kind of kind of weird. So uh, Chateau's her name, Chateau Dankward. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, my man's pretty much a stalker. He's like texting her and talking to her. And she's like, oh, didn't see where she's at. So I'm like, my man's either really smitten or he's just a stalker. So he ends up starts taking jobs, like jobs that she's supposed to be hunting people to do. He ends up doing them himself. And he's like following her around and ask her out via message. And she has like a meeting. Uh, and they're like, oh, we want you to kill this profitable person. And this is where you find out his name. His name is uh, Rayon Hassan. Ha. Yeah. So... Turns out he killed 18 people in one night. And the people he was hired, he killed was um, people he was hired to protect or something. And he wiped out the whole uh, Sentokai crew. And he has over 40 bounties on him. So, yeah. So so then later on, they meet, they meet up and she tries to apprehend him. But my man's too smooth and he dodged like all their stuff. I'm like, oh, smooth criminal. And he's <laughs> like, oh, we have a date on <laughs> December 24th. And, and this was also almost my other flair of the week. So he ends up having uh, relations with a prostitute or escort <laughs> uh, or call girl. I like to call him car, call girl. Um, she pretty much set him up to be killed. And she, she's like, wait, you still have a whole hour left. What are you doing? And then he he shoots through the door and and the guy dies. And he searches his pocket. And then he ends up calling Ogro back with that guy's phone. No, it was still it was still ringing. Yeah. And he picked it up and was like, oh, do I still have uh, Time on the one hour? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And then, so they flash to the date. And I'm like, oh man. I've actually seen that um scene on Instagram. I was like, I actually planned on watching this. I just didn't know what the name of it was. So I guess Herbie's knocking out one of the shows on my list list. Yeah, I was like I seen it and I was like, oh, this looks like it'd be interesting. Cause I thought it was gonna be like um secret agent type uh Nah, man, it's just, working together. It's just troll bounty. It's just bounty hunter with troll guy with bounty. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, my guy, um, being hunted. He hunted down killers. I was like, yeah, this might be cool. Cause I, because first I was like, oh, love a kill. I was like, oh, that might be like they share passion and killing. Nah, he a fucking troll, bro. Yeah, he he. And you know what else I've noticed? What? She's in the wrong line of work. Why do you say that? Because, bro, last two people I seen her go after or try to get the better of, they both disarmed her and got the better of her. <laughs> so what are you doing? Why are you a bounty hunter? People are getting the gun out of your hand way too easily. Well, well, he's a special breed. Um, so and then I I don't remember the other one she went after, but that guy was after her. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the spider mark on his face. 
Yeah, he was. He went after her. She yeah, was but still, like, pulled out the gun, boom, disarmed. I was like, bro, what are, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah, that she gun should have been. Uh, that gun should have been out while you were running away. You, know, like, you could have just turned around while you were running instead of running, slipping on the dirt. Then you tried to pull the gun. Like, you should have had the gun pulled out. Yeah, well, you never tried to run with a gun, sir. So. So anyway, that happened. Um, so back to the date. She showed her like an hour late. And he's like, oh, you probably thought I was going to leave. But he's like, you know, whatever. So so then they go walking in, in the shops and they see some some jewelry. And he asked her and he's like, oh, you like this kind of thing? She's like, no, it's frivolous. And then so he proceeds to like look at her ears and touch her. And he's like, oh, but your ears are pierced. <laughs> So uh, that was funny because she got all like frazzled and embarrassed, and so he uh, he's helping her for some reason, and I the date goes well or whatever. Uh, they end up leaving dinner early, and he he apparently like hugs her and he's like, "Oh, I don't find your smell of revolting," and um, I was like, "Huh." Interesting. Why well, I don't I don't get how you get a smell from killing people. So um yeah, so then episode two target, Rian Hassan. Well, at the end of that episode, they they had showed um she was a child and she was someone that was killed. And I kinda think that he killed her father <laughs> without knowing. And this might be uh, a thing of redemption or or something along those lines maybe like a hidden thing mr yugs uh so ria hassan killed um he killed some of her bounties again and left them there for her uh she received some news about the person that hired her she got killed they killed how long was that guy how long do you think that guy was dead that there was flies all over the body um, at least a week. She was in there for a week. You think he fed her for a week? Well, you can survive two weeks without um food. But you need water, I think. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can't survive that long without water. You can survive. I think you can survive up to like seven days. Um, so it was right on the cut. I think flies emerge like three to five days. So. Somewhere between three to seven, I would put him in there. Hmm. Yeah, so. So, yeah. She she gets the bodies and the stuff and the girl uh, and back in the car. And she's attacked by a, a fellow on her motorcycle. And she performs some maneuvers that, that cause the guy to fly off of his bike. And the guy's like, oh, not bad. And during all of this, one of the tires was shot out, and she loses control, and she goes over the guardrail. And she goes she goes unconscious when it hits the bottom, and it's, it all of a sudden it goes from, like, day to night. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Meanwhile, Rion is just calling her nonstop, like, oh, she normally just ignores me when I call too much. And he's like, it's just, just ringing and ringing. So he shows up, investigates the scene, and he's like, oh, something must have happened. And the motorcycle man catches up with her. And the man called Rion a, a traitor, which 
we get to find out what that's all about later. Um, so he then, the motorcycle man leaves, and then Rian shows up, takes care of her. And then we get a flashback to when she was a child. At the next one room. So she wakes up and suggests that, uh, Rian suggests that she showers. She starts thinking about the events that transpired over the past few hours. Uh, he suggests that she takes a shower and, and he takes her clothes while she's in the shower and washes them. And she's like mortified that, that he saw her undergarments (laughs) and, um, she checks in with her, her boss. Uh, she gets her clothes back, checks in with her boss, calls him on the phone, and then she delivers a message about him being a traitor. And um, Hogue is jealous. We, we, we get the backstory now. Um, Hogue is jealous that Rian is going to be an executive, and he killed the people he used to work with, his boss, picks it up and says, well, her boss um, picks it up and says, and she says she's sorry. And that's kind of important because earlier in the episode, uh, Rian's like, oh, you shouldn't be saying sorry for this. Um, uh, you should be saying thank you for, for this instead of, you know, sorry. So a little character building moment there. And... So he, her boss then proceeds to ask her if she's been in contact with Rion because he saw them on a date. And she's like, oh, sorry. And she just stops talking. And so she heads home, and Rion's waiting for her, and he bought her a gift to further their business relationship. So now I'm like, business relationship? I thought you kind of liked her, but you're saying it's a business. Maybe you're looking for information. So what's your true intentions here, sir? <laughs> Um, so, so then he proceeds to ask about the photo in the, in the apartment. And she's like, that's none of your business. She's like, okay, that's cool. And she tells him that they know that they have contact with each other. And he says that he will, she says that, oh, they will either make use of him or have her kill him. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. And she's like, why well, put your life at risk by still being in contact? And then he's like, well, you're doing the same. You almost got shot up from the other day. And then she gets a call from a lady, which I am assuming is her mother, about the death, um, anniversary death. Yeah, she said it's her mom. Yeah. So that's it. That's the episode. Kind of puts it mystery and intrigue. This is kind of like Slice of Life with Murder. That's but, a, no. you know that's exactly what I thought. It's like Irby just picked slice of life with killing. Dang. But I it, it didn't do. We we I think we skipped Christmas. I don't know. I gotta see. No, they had Christmas because it went on on Christmas Eve. Yeah, they went on Christmas Eve, but like they didn't do anything specific for Christmas. It was kind of just like. I'm calling that Christmas. <laughs> they went on Christmas Eve. I don't know. We'll, yeah. see. we'll see. It's it's an interesting show so far. Yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be about um, assassins taking out targets <laughs> together or something, but you nah, know, it's more about bounty hunters, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, this is a good show. 
Okay, Irby, before we end things, I have a question for you. I might got an answer for you. You have watched enough Naruto and enough One Piece to know these two characters. In a fight, who do you think would win? Crocodile or Gara? Well, they're both sand creatures. Well, I, well Gara's a person who uses sand. Crocodile can become sand. I don't that's probably the only difference between them. But Gara has the sand spirit where Crocodile's just himself and sand. He's just sand. I don't know. I mean, it's two against one. I mean, I'm inclined to go with Gara because it's two against one. But I guess it would depend on what kind of Gara we're talking about. Oh, uh, the one without the sand spirit or the one with the sand spirit that's a little youngin'? Or Kazakaze? Uh, first level Gara. I don't know. That's interesting. Mm, I mm. think. Hmm. I guess I don't know. Cause I feel like, cause, cause with fighting, if they both were to fight, I say once Gara physically gives out that's when shikaku could take over so it's the second level of energy so i would say that like crocodile would have to lose based on um based on time and having to fight essentially two people yeah but then you gotta factor in crocodile's abilities um because like with his sand he can drain all the fluids out your body if it touches you but yeah i, I still feel like but he never fought a sand person, so... Yeah, and, like... I, I'm actually really curious to know if, like... Crocodile can control the sand Gara has, and vice versa. Gara could control the sand Crocodile has. Like, if... If Crocodile turns into sand, can Gara just keep it so that he never, like... Gets Reforms. put back together? Or, like, yeah. can he just, like, manipulate any forms of ga uh, sands to recreate his body. Well, he also can turn, turn stone into um, sand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Crocodile um, can turn the environments around him into sand, where Gara yeah. needs to, like, make the sand crush things into more sand. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like, the same abilities, though. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, minor differences, where Gara has the Chicago spirit and... Um, Crocodile is sand himself, so like if crocodile sand touches you, you're gonna need some water or something. Yeah, but Gar can control all sand, so I'm gonna call this a wash. Oh, I see it animated somewhere, and I'm like, oh, that's very valid. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> question. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see if I find more interesting bouts to uh for us to talk about and go over so anyone listening if you have an input and have a way to tell us your input via youtube um instagram or if you're our boy you can just text us if you actually i don't think you know enough about um crocodile my boy to actually have an input on that so you might just go Gara. never mind i don't want your input <laughs> but yeah that was this week's episode unless Irby has something to contribute more nope I got nothing dog 
All right, then, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next week. Peace. Peace.